discouraged when after I've written a sermon, the worship seems to accentuate what I'm already talking about or fit the exact theme, rather, of what I'm talking about. I'm always, I'm always encouraged with that. Believe it or not, me and Maxine don't actually have any communication. I've asked her to play one song at the end, but that was it. I didn't know all the other songs she was playing. So it's, it's, it's always, yeah. But, but I, I just wanted to pull from that quickly and just say, you know... Um, you know, to taste and see that the Lord is good, to have your eyes opened and, and, and to give him worship because he's worthy of it, you know. I find, um, I personally, I like a good meal. I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but I like a good meal and I really enjoy food. And usually when I'm, when I'm eating, I'm focusing on my food, <laughs> to be fair. And you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't know it because I eat the food so fast, you wouldn't know I enjoy it. But, but I, I do, I thoroughly do. And uh, I, I, I get wrapped up in it and just kind of ignore everything else going on around me most of the time. And, uh, and, and that's kind of what, what I kind of want for us. I know, I know we may not all be like that, but that's what we want to do. We want to taste God and get enveloped with God. So everything else kind of just blurs, you know. And, uh, and, 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 and we need that. So we need our eyes open. We need to taste. And we need our, our kind of taste buds kind of revitalized. So it's like, oh, actually, we can taste this, you know, rather than, you know. So yeah, let's, let's, let's pray, and then, I'll, and, then we'll, and then we'll begin. Father God, creator of heaven and earth, you are incredible, you are amazing, you are worthy of all praise. And I just pray, Lord God, that you, that you do revitalize us, you do revive us, our spirits, just in, in being able to see you and able to taste you, to hear you, to worship you. It says in your word that there are people who, who, who can see, but they, they don't really, and, 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 and they can hear, but they can't really. They're, 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 they're deaf, yet their ears work perfectly. They're, they're blind, but their eyes work fine. And I, I just pray, Lord, you just remove that deafness, that blindness, that inability to taste your goodness. And uh, today, and just, 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 I just pray you lift our eyes off of our circumstances, our week, whatever it's been, and just, just focus on you. And, uh, and I pray today that what I speak, it won't just be something to learn today. Or, you know, it's some information, but I pray, I pray, Lord, that it, it's something that will revitalize us and, and just cause us to worship instead, Lord. To worship you, it all points to you. You alone are good. You alone are worthy. All praise to you. Amen. Amen. Right, so today I want to share with you one of my most favorite psalms, okay, and that psalm is Psalm 19, okay, so I'm just going to read that out to you now, okay. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, their voice is not heard. But their speech has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens, and its circuit to the other end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. Now, like I said, so Psalm 19 is one of my favourite psalms. This isn't all of it. This is half of it. Okay, just letting you know that now. I, I love the whole of it, and uh, but yeah, we, we, I want to focus on this. But today, I, I want to focus on this, this this part of the psalm. And in doing so, I kind of want to. This is kind of different for me today. I'm not just kind of preaching information. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I want to take you guys on a kind of kind of a journey today. Okay, in, in a sense. I want to I actually instill in you a sense of God's wonder and a sense of God's awe. Okay, I, I can't do this alone. 
Okay, I can't, I can't make awe and wonder happen in your hearts. And so I'm, I'm fully relying on the power of Christ uh, to work in your hearts. I will work with all my might to, to water and to, and to sow, but I'm trusting God will provide growth in your hearts this morning. So, now, there are many times I've personally, and, and maybe you guys too, have, uh, you know, I've personally seen and experienced the wonder of creation. Okay, I've seen, I've seen clouds lap the edges of mountains like waves, the sea, against the shore. I've, I've, I've been in the midst of the still eye of a hurricane. Okay, I've, I've been almost consumed by the dreadful power of the waves of the sea. I was almost crushed to death. I've been in jungles and gorges. I've been on river, in rivers, mountains, under the sea, over the clouds. I've, I've, I've been loads of places. But there's one experience I remember most. Okay? I was in Crete, the island of Crete, near the city of Chania. And uh, we were at a beach resort, and it was, it was quite late, and the, uh, the, evening, the evening entertainment was absolutely appalling. Um, so, so I did, as they quite often are at some of these places. So I decided uh, on several nights of my stay there just to walk along the beach in the evenings, just to try and get some time with God. Okay? And so one night I was, I was walking this, uh, this beach, I was talking to God, and I was looking out to sea and... You know, you've, kind of, you've got the moon, moon's shining, stars are kind of glimmering, you know, it's kind of, you know, forming a pattern on the, on the ocean as well. And it, it looked nice, it looked nice. Um, but all of a sudden, a, a power cut hit our side of the island. Just completely wiped out all the power. The lights died, and thankfully the horrible sound of the karaoke died too. Um, <laughs> which instantly caused me to praise God. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> but basically, the, the, the whole area was covered in darkness from the ground, right? But the second that power cut happened, something else amazing happened, okay? The sky lit up. Sky lit up. See, what I thought I was seeing and experiencing from before was absolutely nothing compared to the galaxies, the planets, the meteorites, and the new army of plethora of stars that had now just joined their comrades in the sky, okay? Everything was just brighter and clearer, and all I could do was literally just stand and be amazed. That's all I could do. And then there's this excitement that built up in me. I realized God had taken away this cover of light pollution for me to see what he had really made. Okay? And, and in that moment, he had taken my eyes off of my circumstances, my situation on the ground, and he'd instead directed them to view his glory. says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The psalm we're looking at today is a poem, and it's cut into two parts. Two parts, both of which communicate the glory, power, goodness of our God. And by doing so, they both give us life, joy, wisdom, and a clearer view of our Master and Saviour who sits enthroned in heaven. And as I said before, this particular sermon, I want to focus on the first part, which is creation, which I've aptly named it. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. There you go. So, in these first six verses, King David, who's the writer of this psalm, he's 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 trying to express the wonder of creation. He's trying to express it, okay, and specifically, he's focusing on the sky. In verses 4 to 6, he, he says this. He says, 
In them, that's in the heavens, in the sky, he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens, its circuit to the other end of them. There is nothing hidden from his heat. See, he's poetically trying to describe the sun. That's what's going on here. I I, I was foolish before. I I used to look at this and think, well... You know, what is this theology-wise? And it's not theology. He's just poetically describing the sun. That's what he's doing. He's describing when it rises and when it sets and its presence throughout the day. He says it rejoices. Okay? It's bright. It's happy. Okay? It's, like a, it's like a man about to be married. Or depending on how you actually translate it, it's like a man who's just had his wedding night. So maybe rejoicing all the more. I, I don't know. Right? Or he's kind of like, a, like an athlete, excited, ready, fired up to sprint along his track and win the gold. Okay? So he's, he's trying to describe this, this, this bright thing in the sky. And, and, and that's one thing God's creation seems to spark immediately from people. Okay? It, it immediately sparks further creation from his creatures. Further creation from us. You have artists, writers, dancers, directors, musicians. They've all at some point or another been inspired by the countless landscapes, sunsets, sunrises, animal kingdom, ocean, mountains, the day, the night. There are countless paintings, pictures, songs, musical scores, stories, films, poems, dances and sculptures just based on creation alone. And right here, David a songwriter and a musician, is inspired not just to say, oh wow, the sun looks nice today, but instead to describe it in a form that enshrouds it in further wonder and and mystery, and yet enhancing its glory with his own artistic interpretation of it. Okay? And David also tells us, he talks about the sky, he's telling us the sky, the heavens, and when he mentions heavens, by the way, it's pointing to space, right? So that's what heavens usually means in the Bible, heavens, earth and heavens, space, or the sky, okay? So he's telling us the sky and the heavens, that everything in them, that they're speaking, they're telling us something. And he tries to artistically explain that. He says that they're pouring out, they're pouring out speech, yet they're silent. They're, they're, they're revealing the knowledge they contain, but they're mute. They possess no language, yet their message is universal and clear. It shatters any and every language barrier. doesn't matter if you're British, American, European, Asian, African, or, or, or just in some complete remote tribe somewhere. Okay? Wherever you're from, the skies proclaim the same message. And the message is this. God is glorious. Worship him. That's their message. The heavens are telling of the glory of God. And their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Okay? Glorify God. First chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans says this. He says... For what can be known about God is plain to them. That's the Gentiles, the people who don't believe. Because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So let's take those words. Okay, His invisible attributes... 
clearly perceived in the things that have been made. The heavens teach us what God is like. Okay? God is the creator and orchestrator of everything you see. Okay? He is the first and greatest artist whose works have inspired every man he's created. And as a painting or a piece of art can express the mind and, and character of an artist, the art of creation expresses the mind and character of God. So what I want to do, let, let, let's look at creation today and, and some of scripture and see just how great our God is and learn something about what it is to correct our focus today, humble ourselves and worship him. That's what I want to do today. That's what, that's what we, want, we want to see today. That's why I, I want you to taste today. I want you, your eyes to be opened to this today. Hopefully some of you were lifted by the worship earlier, but if not, I, I, I want to help you. Okay, first thing we learn from creation. God is beautiful. Sunsets, sunrises, canopies of stars at night, sun amongst the, the, you know, the forest kind of trees during the day, woodland areas, um, mountains, landscapes, uh, animals, insects. All of it is amazing, intriguing, and, and beautiful. Even some of the stuff you don't like, like spiders, right? Okay? You know, all of it's interesting, it's beautiful, okay? And, and, and as stated before, it's been the inspiration of countless of different types of artists, okay? But here's the thing, it all points to a more beautiful God, okay? It doesn't try to absorb the worship for itself. It's saying, don't focus on us, look somewhere else. Someone made us, okay? He who made this stunning world is full of beauty, wonder, and awe himself, Okay? So that's the first thing. God is beautiful. Second thing you need to know. God is invisible. As our verse just mentioned in Romans, his, his attributes are invisible, and, and so is he. Okay? He's, Jesus tells us that God is spirit. He's existing but unseen. Paul tells us in his letter to, to the Colossians that you know, he, you know, he doesn't just create our physical earth, but he, he, there's a whole realm that we can't see because it's spiritual. Okay? Paul also tells us that you know, God is invisible. God is invisible. He says Jesus is the, is, is the visible form of God. He's the image of the invisible. Okay? God is invisible. And Jesus currently, even though he is fully visible, he's up in heaven at the moment and we're waiting for his return, so we can't see him either right now. Okay? But you see the thing? Here's the thing. We commonly determine reality by what we can feel, see, smell, taste, or touch. Yeah? That's how we commonly determine reality. And, and if it doesn't appeal to our five senses, then we usually doubt its existence or, or second-guess it. But here's the thing. There's, there's plenty of things that exist that are invisible. And we know that they exist. For example, you can't see atoms and molecules with your naked eye, but you know they exist, because science is real, they exist. You can't see electricity or the wind or, or even emotion, but we know their effects, we know they're real. Okay. Uh, here's the thing, though. Though science can detect some of these things that we can't see with our, and experience with our natural bodies alone, God cannot be detected that way. Okay? He made creation. He made it. He's not part of it. Okay? You can't stuff part of him in a test tube and study him. You can't prove or disprove him by natural means. Uh, science, science studies matter. Okay? Science is the study of matter. And here's the thing. God made all matter. He himself is not. Okay? As a painter is separate and different from his painting, God is altogether separate and different from creation. And here's the thing we need to know. Just because you can't see him, it doesn't mean he's not real. 
It's very important. Especially in our times of doubt and, our, and the times we, we feel the pressure coming on. He's real. He exists. God is everywhere. As no living thing can hide from the heat of the sun, no one can hide from the living God. No one. In Jeremiah, God says, I haven't quoted it, I haven't put any of these up, so I'll just read it. In Jeremiah, God says, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? David says of him, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that's the grave, you're there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. And Paul, well we assume Paul, the writer of the Hebrews, no creature is hidden from his sight but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. God is everywhere. Can't hide from him. There's no part of creation you can go to where, where, where God won't be. But here's the thing. This is good for us. Okay? This is encouraging because wherever we are, God is present and ready in every time of our need. Okay? It doesn't matter where you are. He's there. As Jesus says in, in, in Matthew, he says, Behold, I am with you Always, even till the end of the age, that's till the end of when everything caves in, when the heaven and earth end, he's there with you. God is ever-present. God is all-powerful. I don't know if you can make that out, but that's the start of a, of a mass tornado. But God is powerful. See, here's the thing. Creation is powerful. Creation is powerful and somewhat terrifying. In all fairness, you know, in, in between the peaceful tranquility of our landscapes and our sunrises, you know, by the by the ocean in the Caribbean, you know, we, we have hurricanes and thunderstorms and tornadoes, blizzards, hailstones, heat waves, solar flares, droughts, floods, tsunamis, earthquakes, sinkholes, wildfires, volcanic eruptions, avalanches, mudslides. Okay, our Earth, even our universe, is is far from safe. None of this place is safe. Not one single part of it. Okay? It's, all the elements contain immense power. Every element contains immense power, and all of them are capable of destroying life. Every single one of them. No civilization has ever withstood their power. Okay? Man has built impressive buildings. We have, I'm sure you've heard of the seven wonders. right? Only one of them remains. The rest have given way to, to, to destruction, to, to, nature's, to nature's power. And here's the thing. Their power tells us that the maker is powerful, too. God is described in the Bible as omnipotent. Basically, he's all-powerful. Okay? He is in complete control over every single force of nature. And here's the thing, he has the power to stop a disaster, to make a disaster, or just allow a disaster. He has complete control. If you read in the Bible, in the Gospels, a storm hits the Sea of Galilee when the disciples were on the boat. And it must be a pretty terrifying sort of storm because they all thought they were going to die. Okay? Jesus gets up, says stop. And, it, and that's, that's what happens. Immediately obeys him. He is in complete control. Every single part of creation is subject to him. 
When God tells you he's with you, as we learned before, he's ever-present, and that he's on your side, there really is nothing to fear. Because he's ever-present and he's all-powerful. And his strength and power is a place that we can stand on and take refuge in. Okay? On top of that, God is all-wise and all-knowing. Creation, it's incredible, really. If you look at it, I don't know if there are many science heads or just people who like watching National Geographic or whatever, but if you like looking at stuff, it is amazing, a lot of this stuff. It works, it works amazingly well. The human body is still one of the most complex machines ever seen. Okay? The average caterpillar, yes, I decided to go caterpillar. An average caterpillar has a total of 4,000 muscles in its entire body. And 248 of them are just in its head alone. Right? That far beats the 629 muscles in our human bodies. Okay? And here's the thing, they use and need every single one of them. Every single one of them. The animal kingdom, or the... Uh, the food chain, it keeps itself in check. Okay? I don't know if anyone knows this, but in 1995, they reintroduced wolves into uh, Yellowstone National Park in the USA. Okay? It's 1995. And, and, and before that, they were absent for over 70 years. Okay? They, they did belong there, but they, they'd been ousted by, by humans and all that. But they, they were put back in. And since they were re- reintroduced up to this day, they've killed the surplus of deer. And you might think, well, well, why? Why is that good? But here's the thing. Killing the deer changed the deer's behaviour. Okay? They, they, it led them to avoid uh, certain areas, which meant veget- vegetation was able to regenerate. And the vegetation regenerating brought an increase in many different types of wildlife, varieties of birds and land creatures. And then the, the, vari- uh, sorry, the revived forests began to stabilise the banks of the rivers, causing them not to collapse as often, strengthening the course of the rivers, preventing flooding and soil erosion. And all of this is just from a small group of wolves being reintroduced to the system. We have the water cycle, plants, plants that photosynthesize, transforming carbon, uh, harmful carbon dioxide into oxygen. We have the right amount of gravity to stop us floating away into space and yet not be crushed under its weight. Okay? But our Earth is the perfect distance from the sun to create and sustain life. Too close, we end up like Venus. Too far away, we end up like Mars. Okay? Our atmosphere is dense enough as well to protect us from most meteorites and space particles raining havoc on our Earth. I mean, you only need to look at the sun or Venus or something to see all the mass craters upon it. Okay? You know, space is dangerous. Yet our atmosphere protects us, and at the same time, it's not dense enough to cook us, which is good. <laughs> and, you know, there's tons more. There's tons. There's tons. Go look in a science book, right? Or watch National Geographic or something. I don't know. But here's the thing. Everything is detailed and it works well, from galaxies to atoms and from elephants to ants. Okay? The thing is, its creator is wise, intelligent, and all-knowing. It knows what its creation... He knows, rather, what his creation needs. Okay? He knows the intricate workings of everything. And, his, and his, here's the thing. For us, we have ample reason to trust him. We have more than enough reason to trust him and his plans in our lives, instead of our own. Because... He's all-knowing. He's all-wise. He knows what he's doing. He knows what's around the corner, even when things look terrible. He, there's, a, there's a reason for things. He's not stupid at all. His foolishness, it says, is wiser than the highest human intelligence. Okay? 
God is good. God is good. I mean, we, you know, we've we've looked at his him being ever present, all powerful, and all wise. But uh, is he friend of man? Yes, yes, he is a friend of man. He is good. Jesus tells us his father is always working; he doesn't stop. He tells also, us also that he feeds the birds and, and clothes the flowers. If, if you look at Job 38, there's this massive chapter. It flows into the next chapter as well of, of what God is like and what he sustains and what he does and how he, how he holds um, you know, howl and, and snow in, in the storehouses of heaven and how he controls the sun and how he controls the night and how he, how he has dominion over every animal and how he looks and after every single one of them knows exactly what it needs and he supplies it. He cares for every single creature on earth, sea or air. And he brings the seasons in and out. He supplies the warmth of the sun for us and the cool of night for us. He provides water, food and nutrition for, for plants and animals and ourselves. And he doesn't just supply one type, he gives us a variety. Isn't that great? And he supplies natural medicines from plants and animals. They've recently found that they can take um, the venom of scorpions and use it to treat certain things. And he influences the minds of humans to create more medicines as well and tackle the various diseases that roam our earth since the fall. Though though the earth is in chaos and our our lives do bring us a lot of turmoil at times, God is good. God is good. And here's the thing, he, he provides for our needs. He, he helps us in our troubles and struggles. Uh, we may not always see this. We, we, we don't always see this. We must hang on to his wisdom and his goodness. He knows what he's doing and he is good to us. And always remember this as well. If, if you're going through hard times, his main provision is our salvation from sin and death. Okay, That's his main provision in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've got something better we're going to. God is great. Universe is quite big, yeah? I'd say. <laughs> Can't even measure it. Okay? In humanity's short time here, we, we barely explored every area of our Earth, let alone the universe. Okay? Our solar system, if, if you look at it, it's, it's not even visible amongst the galaxy, really. It's lost in the plethora of other, other solar systems and stars and everything around it. You, you, can't, you can't discern which one it is. Okay, there are, there, are, there are millions of galaxies as well. It's not just ours. And here's the thing. Our God is vaster. He is greater. Everything is held in his hand alone. kind of gives you an image of how big he is. He has no limits of his being. All the things we just talked about, his, his power, his, his wisdom, his beauty, all of that. Okay, There's no limit to it. He is all-powerful, all-wise, all-beautiful. Okay? There's no limits. He can't be measured. And just as the earth and the heavens also have outlasted every generation of man, God is even more everlasting. Okay? He was, he's eternal. He was there at creation's beginning. He made everything. And he will exist far beyond creation's end. Okay? And here's the thing. We will too, if we are found holding on to Christ when the sun finally darkens and the skies go and the stars go out and fade. Okay? We'll be there too. We'll get to live forever. And here's the thing. Eternal life will be no bore. I, I, I get this feeling sometimes we think eternal life is, uh, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess, you know. But here's the thing. It's not going to be boring. 
that with a new heaven and a new earth and a new universe to explore, in control of a limitless God who we will finally see, with our hearts and our ears finally being open and free, set free from the inability to constantly feel love and and excitement and marvel and awe, there will be no end to our amazement. Sin dulls our senses. God will set them free. Think eternity is going to be a bore? It's not. Even if you think it now, it won't be. You'll be pleasantly surprised. God is great. Here's the thing. I'm not done yet. There's so many attributes of God to explore. So many. Okay? Even the ones I've gone over, I haven't explored in enough detail in all fairness. Okay, there's tons to say about each and every one, each and every point, and uh, you know, and, and there's tons of scriptures and all of that. And but all, all I'm giving you today is just a taster. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not going to go any further with that. Okay, at some point I want to discuss each and every one of them. Okay, and uh, I've got it in the pipes. I'm, I'm working on it, sermons and all of that. But I've got other stuff coming your way first as well. But 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 hopefully I've kind of helped encourage you in who God is with, with some of this and whetted your appetites a bit to, to know Him more. See, just because we have eternity in heaven to explore him doesn't mean we can't start now, right? And, um, and we should. We should start now. We should look more into him. We should, we should get our eyes off ourselves and fix them on God. That's what creation tries to tell us. Get your eyes off these circumstances. Fix them on God. He's your help. He's your, he's your wisdom. He's your power. He's your strength. He's with you. So if, if you want to know more for yourselves in the meantime, I, I do recommend, it's in the notes if you, if you want to see it, a couple of books, Knowing God by J.A. Packer, uh, Attributes of God by A.W. Pink, or if you're feeling really studious, uh, Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. It's a big book. <laughs> it's, uh, it'll take a lot of time to read. Or you can just type Attributes of God into Google. But the point is, we, we want to focus on these things about God. Okay? We want to, we need to. Here's the thing, many people in the Bible continually, constantly refer to God as being the creator of the heavens and the earth. You see it in the Psalms, you see it in what what the kings say it, different different kings say it, the the apostles say it, uh, loads of people say it. And it's their answer when they stand against their opponents and critics, God is the creator of the heaven and earth. It's their reason to, to trust him, to take refuge in him, to obey him, to seek him, to repent towards him, to ask their needs of him, to praise him, to rejoice in him, and most importantly, just to worship him. God himself challenges Job. Like I said earlier, in, 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 if you read Job 38, he challenges Job by referring to his powerful creation and his dominion over it, his control and his care over it. You know, what man controls the sun? That's all he has to say, and Job's on the floor. See, creation really does express the majesty of our, of our God. It really does. Okay? I know sometimes it's a bit hard to see in Britain, but it does. <laughs> but our problem is we, we often forget to take notice, really. We often forget to take notice in our modern-day Western world. It's, it's, it's just we, we get caught up with life. It's just what happens. We don't realise what's there. And, and when we do take notice of it finally, sometimes we, we don't really give the right person the praise. We think, oh, that looks nice. And that's it. And they're saying, well, tell God. We need to worship God. And I, I, I stress need. 
Okay. If I could, I should have done, capitalize it in big letters on the screen or whatever, I would have done, but I forgot. So we need to. It's important. Okay. Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. Okay. We are commanded to worship God. Not asked, we're commanded. Jesus says if we refuse to worship, the stones themselves will cry out. Guess what? There's an insult there. There's an insult there. Are you deader than a stone? Are you deader than a stone? Jesus is like, I, I hope not. See, we, we, we often sit and wait as well. You know, we, we wait. We wait till we feel. Oh, not now. I'll wait until I feel like it. Okay, it wouldn't be right if I praised you. You know, we give ourselves those excuses. We wouldn't be right if I praised you now because I feel kind of hypocritical. But the trouble is, we, praise to God rarely happens when we feel it. You know, if we just wait for the feeling. It does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't. But it's, it's more rare than not. And you see, I, I know we have our excuses of, you know, we perform best when we're passionate about something. We're more disciplined when we're passionate about this or that. And if I was only more passionate about God, I'd be more disciplined in worshipping him and stuff. Uh, but the thing is, you're not more disciplined in the things you're passionate about, really. You're just passionate about them. All right? Because when the passion fades for whatever that thing is, the discipline goes. That's not discipline. That's not discipline. See, when the passion fades, we need discipline to be there to keep us going until the next bout of passion comes along. Yeah? It's important. See, here's the thing. We, God, God deserves our highest praise. He deserves it. Okay? He deserves it, whether or not we feel like it. It's not... I don't know what you've heard or what's been preached or whatever from the past. It is not hypocritical to praise God if you don't feel like it. It's not. It's hypocritical. Sorry, can't get my words out. It's hypocritical to pretend to praise God so others will think you're praising God. That's hypocritical. That's hypocritical. If you do that, stop. But it's not hypocritical to think, I I can't worship you right now. I I feel lost. You see, the psalmist, I'm I'm broken. Why can't I praise you? But at the end, they still say, I'm going to praise you anyway. Even though I feel a million miles from you, I'm going to praise you anyway. By declaring who you are, by, by looking to the heavens and seeing your glory, I'm going to get my eyes off of myself and my dark place and look to you. If the desire is there, brilliant. Honestly, that's great. That's the place you want to be in. But, but if it's not, you still need to worship him and give him praise. Seriously, we need to actively seek him and stir ourselves. We need to get our hearts and our minds in gear. Now, I've got a video prepared. Okay, and I want to spend the five, the next five minutes, is five minutes long. I want, I want to spend this looking at this video. Okay? And I want us just to stop whatever we're doing, which would be probably listening to me, but not yet. <laughs> and, uh, or, 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 you know, if you're trailing off or whatever. I, I know what it's like, you know, you're trying to listen, and you're like, oh, wait, someone's talk, still talking. You know, um, so, so whatever you're doing, wherever you're at in your mind or whatever at the moment, um, uh, I, I just want you to watch this video, okay? I want you to watch it, and I want you to actively watch it. Don't you just want to sit there, you know, like we do our TVs, sit there, sit there, 
you know, and just taking information or whatever it is. Okay? I want you to activate. I want you to stir yourself here. Okay? I want you to think upon some of the attributes of God I've already mentioned. And I literally want you to use this video to praise him. Okay? That's the challenge. That's, the go- that's, that's, that's your task right now. I'm going to give it to you as a task. I want you to praise God with this video. Okay? I don't, you know, if, if you don't know where to start with it, just, just start thanking him. Okay? You know, explain back to him what he's like. You know, tell him, tell him uh, what you like about him that you've learned today. Or, or, or tell him just how amazing his creation is. Whatever. Okay? But whatever you do, don't just sit and watch and remain unmoved or not paying attention. I want you to, to, to get this. Okay? I want you to stir yourselves. And you can sit, you can stand, do whatever helps you. Honestly. Whatever helps you. Please. I'm going to turn it over to Sharon. Thank you very much. And I'm going to sit down. I'll stand. I just want to hand the mic to Val. Can I, can I do that? Yeah, hopefully. There you go, Val. should be on. There you go. Thank you. That's right. We've just seen this video. We've been hearing from Jack, God's beauty. How many of you have come into this building and seen any beauty here? How many of us, any of us, how many of us have looked out of that window and seen the different greens, the different shapes, the different leaves? That's God's beauty. It's just a minute piece of his beauty, but it's here for us every time you come into this building. If you look out there, there's the trees, different shapes, different heights, different space of it. We need to open our eyes and see God's beauty all around us. Look in your gardens, your flowers, your plants, your shrubs, your grass. Everything is different, different shapes, different colours, different yellows, different greens, different blues. It's just amazing that we don't have to look over the world into other countries. We have it here in our own country when we look. When you're walking out, Study, see the little things that crawl across the ground, the shapes, the sizes, the colours of them, how God created them and how they survive. When you're looking and moaning about the ants in your garden, watch them, watch how they produce, how they gather and what they do. It's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And just appreciate the beauty that is around you without... I mean, we all want to go somewhere where we think that's beautiful, that's gorgeous. We see photographs and that, oh, I'd love to be there. But look at our own place. God has given us beauty here. And we're all beautiful in his sight. Yeah, Val's right. Yeah, beauty isn't just... In America, which is where all those were taken from, you know, beauty is here as well. It's very true. So what I want to do right now, just to end it, is I want to reply it. Okay? I want to reply it. hope you like the video, by the way, as well. Yeah. I mean, but I, 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 want to, I, want to, I want to reply it. And uh, so how? How do we apply this? How do we apply God's beauty and wonder and all of that? In order to keep our eyes more on him. Okay, the first thing we can do is address God as creator. 
you can, you can, you can in your prayers in whatever you know uh, you know you constantly hear Pete, the psalmists and all of it saying it you know God creator of heaven and earth there's, there's something about it and I, I found that the more I've meditated on, 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 on this kind of particular sermon this week and the more I've used this speech the more I'm familiar with it and the more I'm humbled every time I say it. it the thing is it creates a right and scriptural attitude and sometimes by talking it's the best way to finally getting there to what you want to see anyway okay so maybe we can start addressing God in your prayers as creator of heaven and earth second thing we can do actively make time to worship make time you know Make time to worship for his creation. You know, as Val said, look in your gardens or something. Or, or you know, and, and, you know, on our good days, you can take a walk as well. You know, on your bad days, again, you could look in your, your garden or, or you could look at YouTube and videos and stuff. I, I, I personally like space and, and stuff like that as well. You know, you, whatever, basically do whatever it takes to make you wonder and awe at God and his creation. Okay? Three, declare to him who he is. You see people doing this. You see people doing this in the Bible. Okay? You know, God, you are good. God, you are powerful. I trust in you. God, you are wise. You, you know what you're doing here. You can declare to him what he's like. You know, declare to him what you learn about him and what that means for you as his child. Your response. You know, like I said, psalmists constantly do this and even in their more depressing psalms. And it serves to lift your heart, their hearts, and it, and it will lift ours if we imitate their behaviour. It really will. And the fourth thing, remember the good news. Never, ever, ever forget the gospel. Paul quotes this psalm. Paul quotes it in Romans. And, uh, and, 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 and he quotes the part about the skies giving their voice to all of the earth. And he applies that verse to the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay? He applies it to that. See, here's the thing. Our world, though is amazing, is fallen and imperfect. Okay? And our senses are dulled. Okay? We are destined for eternal decay because of our own disdain and rebellion towards God. Okay? But Jesus has come to our aid. And in his full might, wisdom and goodness, he has obeyed God in our place and died for our rebellion. Okay? And he was raised on the third day and ascended to heaven where he now reigns. Okay? And he has not just paid our punishment, but he has secured for us eternal life. Eternal life. And he will come back for us. He will come back for us. And if we die beforehand, we still will be with him even then. Okay? We will be part of a whole new created earth and heavens. He has done us the greatest kindness. Let's remember that. Let's always remember the cross. Let's always remember where we're going. And so my my final word to you, church, is fix your eyes on his power, his splendor, his wisdom, his goodness, his greatness, and his presence in his creation and at the foot of the cross. Okay? We may not perfectly worship, okay? But honestly, in full honesty, give him all you have. Discipline yourselves in it this week. That's my, that's my challenge for you. Discipline yourselves to do it, whether you feel like it or not. You know, I, I really pray you guys, you, you see a difference in your life because of it. Not because your circumstances start to change, but because your eyes are no longer on them. Because they're on the God of heaven and earth. You know? 
because he has shut out the light and the noise of your life and the world around you and have lifted your eyes to his display in the heavens to see his glory and the work of his hands. Let us pray. Let us pray. Father God, you are incredible. You are amazing. To be fair, there aren't really many human words that we, we can use to really describe your, your greatness. Nothing is fitting. Even the greatest poets couldn't possibly speak of your greatness in its full glory. But we try our best, and try we may, and try we're allowed to do, and you encourage us to do it. So be praised, be worshipped in our lives, Lord. It's one of the most important aspects of our lives that we often neglect. And I just pray that you, you help us to stop neglecting it, please. Oh, it requires us to do something. It does require us to do something. And so I just pray, remind us, you know, get, get us, help us get into gear. Help protect in our minds and our hearts from, 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 from just disdain and, and, and just, just kind of despondency to you. I, 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 pray, I pray help us to be respond, just, just to respond to you, Lord, to respond to your creation and when we see it, to actively seek it as well, not to, not to just sit back and wait. Waiting to you is active, it's not passive, and so I just pray help us to be more active. Please help us, we need your help. Yeah. The blind can't see by themselves, the deaf can't hear on their own. They need you to heal them. You know, and some of us can be that way. We may, we may not be going to hell, but some of us are still blind in some regards. And I pray you lift us. I pray you help us. I pray you help us to lift our eyes off of everything else. Please. Lift our eyes off of everything else. And just just focus on you. Because you're great, you're amazing. When we look to you, our problems disappear. Not because they literally disappear, but because you're, you're so great. How, how could they possibly stand against you? How could any of our circumstances stand up to the might of your power? Up to the intelligence of your wisdom. Up to your greatness. It just passes away. Change our attitudes, Lord. Please change our minds, change our eyes, change our view. And help us just worship you as we go into communion and all of that as well, Lord. I just pray, let us just just let's let's give you that attention that you deserve. You need it. You just des- well, don't need it. You deserve it. Yeah. You're not some you know some person vying for our attention. You don't need anyone, but you deserve everything. All praise, all honour, all glory, all things from you, through you, to you. Bless you. Creator of heaven and earth. Amen.